All in preparation for the challenges that lie ahead. This is a show that feeds the mind with inspiration and truth on the issues of the day. If it's important to your life, you'll find it here. Hosted by Malcolm Out Loud. Well, we're going to talk ahead here about Israel. And, uh, you know, Israel, last time I visited Israel myself was probably about two and a half years ago. It is one of the most magnificent countries for for a whole host of reasons. Uh, It really is uh, sort of just a a cultural phenomenon, I call it. All the various things. One of the things I so enjoyed about Israel, I remember as I was out there, is uh, a lot of the evening events on the rooftops were so much fun. Uh, You know, you think of Israel, it's very Western style. So a lot of a lot of parties, they'd certainly, you know, let me tell you, some of the areas there, they got some pretty nice, wild, happy hours. I was at a couple of them. So <laughs> let me bring into you IQ Al Rizzoli again, author of Lifting the Veil and uh, the True Faces of Muhammad and Islam. It's a trilogy you've got to check out. And uh, you, you hear IQ all the time on the show. And of course, he's at America Out Loud. You'll get his write-ins right there. Look at some of his columns, as well as the uh, one about the 17 points to make America great again is really a good one. I think you'll find out he's a Trump fan as well, maybe, huh? I don't know. Anyways, (laughs) IQ, always good to talk to you, buddy. Let me tell folks right now, you were just in Israel. You just had an unbelievable time, I understand. You were out there for a couple of weeks. Tell us about it. What happened? Well, as I said during the interval, I decided to see for myself, instead of just watching television and reading newspapers, I decided to go to Israel and do an investigative report. And I knew exactly how to do it. So I, when I landed to Israel, I immediately tried, uh, I got a taxi driver who was, of course, Israeli Jewish, who took me to Jerusalem. And from Jerusalem, I, I went to all the sites, which is the Christian sites, the Muslim sites and everything. And I interviewed people. My objective was to listen, to listen to people. I wasn't going to debate them. I wasn't going to tell them what I think. Amen. Nothing to do with that. Amen. All I wanted to yeah. do is listen to what they're talking about. Yeah. So the Jewish driver took me to the Jewish areas and introduced me to Jewish people. Then I took a Christian driver who took me to the Christian areas and introduced me to Christian people to talk to. And the same thing with the Muslim one. It was really very good. I traveled all over Israel. As I said, starting from Tel Aviv, then all the way to Jerusalem, and all the way to Golan Heights, and then back to the Egyptian border and Gaza. I didn't go to Gaza. Of course, I went to the border. I visited a lot of cities and a lot of towns and villages. So, and I met a lot of people uh, in restaurants, in cafeterias. And it was very enlightening. Well, what you're I, saying is you met real people. That's what you're saying here. Absolutely. These weren't polished man people. Man-to-man or man-to-woman talk. Right, right, right. Face-to-face. Yeah. I met with Arabs, Druze, Bedouins, and right. Israelis. The Israelis from at least 10 different nationalities. I met with soldiers, uh, clergy, shop owners, artists. All right, now, now stop there. Let me, ask you, let me ask you a couple of things here. You know, one of the things I want to say to you, when, when you, when you opened up here— I so agree with you, and I think a lot of you folks out there can appreciate this. When you get to a, a, a city like you're visiting, a new a new area, you know, that you don't live in, and you get with the cabbies, don't you find, IQ, that the cabbies, they always have so much information, and I know I always talk to them like you do, almost like an interview, but you find out so much about the, the, the culture and what's going on, what's happening, don't you? 
That's exactly why. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly why yeah. I took a Jewish one, a Christian one, and a Muslim one. <laughs> because I knew these people already, they know other people. They know all the ins and outs of every town. Especially if, if they're Arab and Muslim, he knows the Arab and Muslim areas. The Jewish one knows the Jewish areas. The Christian one knows the Christian Good areas point. and Christian people. Good so it point. was really a very, very useful uh, procedure. I didn't want to have anybody intermediary between me and somebody else. I saw a country bursting with people, filled with the zest for life, inventive, creative, cultured, democratic, tolerant, artistic, exactly what you said a few minutes ago. It is, you can't believe you are in Asia. You can't believe you are in the Middle East. You are in a Western country. While Europe is dying, literally dying, they're committing suicide as we speak, Israel is blooming. It is something outstanding. The driving 20 miles between, I would say, Tel Aviv and Herzliya to Caesarea, I've counted 200 buildings, towers, between 12 feet height, uh, sorry, 12 floors height to 50 floor heights. Buildings, they're building like there is no tomorrow. You mean new buildings, new buildings. New buildings, wow. yes. Wow, so a lot of construction yeah, going on there, huh? Thousands of people. A lot of construction, yeah. By wow. the way, I did not meet a single Israeli, whether Jewish, Christian, or Muslim, who does not aspire for peace in the region. In fact, by the way, not a single Israeli Arab would ever think of leaving the alleged apartheid state of Israel to live in any neighboring country. That is why the Arabs who in 1948 were a minority, now they've become 20% of the population of Israel. Yeah, which, by, by, by the way, is very unusual. I remember when I was out there that time. Uh, it is unusual when you see that. But what you're talking about is you've really got brothers and sisters who are living shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow. They're living in peace. They're living in harmony. They're living in good stuff. I mean, Western values. Good, I mean, it's a good thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Look, I went to one of the hospitals. You won't believe it. In Tel Aviv, 30% of the people working there were Arabs, Muslim Arabs, with the hijab and everything else. Look, something astounding was happening also. Many of the young Christians that I met were a breath of fresh air because they know that only in Israel are they safe and hence are now asserting their new identity, not as Christian Arabs. No, they call themselves Christian Israelis. And by, by the way, many young men and women from the Christians are now volunteering to the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, because they say, we know if we don't protect this country, nobody will protect us. That's right. They know that between the United States of America and India, they are the only country which is going to give them peace and prosperity is Israel. All right. They know that. So things are looking good and sounding good in the cultural and the fabric. And right in this very moment in this beautiful country, Israel, let's talk a moment about the 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 uniqueness IQ of the origins of, of, of Israel. You know, when I think of Israel and I think of the Jewish people and you think of what they've been through over, over the over the millennia here, you know, what I see is obviously peaceful people, but in my mind, I always refer to them as God's people. And maybe that's part of the reason why they have, um, uh, you know, come through unbelievable chapters in humanity and are still have this 
um, vibrant society out there in the middle of a desert. What do you think of that? I couldn't agree with you more because, in fact, in my report, I was going to finish with that one. I was going to say it is the, the Jews exist against all odds. Right. They shouldn't exist. All the empires that want them dead, all the groups of people that wanted them dead, and in spite of all the slaughter, in spite of the Holocaust, in spite of the pogroms, the Jews exist. And I always come to the conclusion, the only way one could explain that is one believes in the Bible. Because God is protecting them. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. Because that, they, they shouldn't exist. Jews should not exist. That's what I see. That's exactly what I see, buddy. Uh, it is it is unbelievable. Hey, I want to ask you something. Uh, just about, I don't know, in the last day or two, I uh, my... my my nose is in so much news on a minute-by-minute minute basis, so I don't remember if it's the last day or two. But re- there was an uh, article that came out of Iran that they were saying that they uh, can and will uh, destroy Israel, that they could do that within eight hours. They only need eight no, hours. eight minutes. And the eight minutes? Oh, was it eight minutes? And they eight can destroy? Minutes. Okay, I thought it was eight. <laughs> uh, what, what did you think of that piece? You've seen that, obviously. What you think? Well, first of all, they can, but Israel can do the same to them. I but see. nobody's, you see, the Israelis never tell you they have atom bombs. They never ever admitted they have atom bombs. Everybody knows they have it, but they never said it. Right. Israel doesn't threaten anybody. Did you know that? Not once has Israel threatened anybody. That's right. Not once. No, they're I not, know. They're not, they're not there to destroy somebody else. But yeah, no. the tragedy is this. Here you have a a state in the United Nations, and the United Nations was created so that there would be no war. And in public, they say they want to destroy another state of the United Nations, and nobody does anything about it. Right. Nobody right. says anything about it. Nobody. Let's okay. say, uh, I, I want to ask you your opinion. And uh, uh, these, uh, we've got a few minutes left here. I want to ask you your opinion on uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. I, I don't think I've ever asked you. I'd like, what do you think of him as a politician and as a leader of Israel? What kind of a job do you think he's doing? The best job. Believe me, without him, Israel would have been in real trouble. So you're a big fan? Uh, I tell you why. Not only am I a big fan, many people in America, when he came to talk to, in, to Congress recently, they said they wished he was the President of the United States of America instead the Muslim traitor-in-chief called Obama. You know, you say that, and i got to tell you, I, I, I don't, I mean, you're telling me this here, I hear you, uh, and I don't know that I've asked you that specific question before, but I want to say to you that I, for me, for Malcolm, I have studied him very much over these many years, and I am also a very big fan of Benj- Benjamin Netanyahu, and I have followed him many times, and I will say this to you, I have also uh, felt, and I have said to myself, you know, when I've seen him up there speaking to the United Nations, or I've seen him represent, as you said moments ago in, in another conversation we had for radio, where you talked about strong leadership and what we need in America, and it came to my mind on those occasions, IQ, where I thought to myself, and I've said to folks around me that, you know, this is the kind of leader we really need in America. Absolutely. Because he's a very prideful and proudful man, and he stands up for his people no matter what. He, he, is, he reminds me in some ways, I, I, his demeanor, like the Ronald Reagan days where it was peace through strength. You weren't going to push this guy around because you would feel it back if you did. 
and that was the days of Reagan and Thatcher and, you know, all of that was amazing days. Uh, that's how I see Benjamin Netanyahu. You agree then, huh? I agree with you 100%. I'll tell you why also. Why? For, don't, I mean, people don't realize that Benjamin Netanyahu had a brother who was killed. He was the only man killed at the raid in Entebbe when the Israelis saved all of the hostages and killed all the terrorists. Benjamin Netanyahu's brother was killed at that day. And Benjamin Netanyahu was part and parcel of the elite hmm. uh, defense forces in Israel. So he is not a pushover. What has Obama done in his life besides smoking hashish? Tell me. <laughs> no, I mean it. I can't. I don't, How I can't. can anybody compare the two? You can't. You, there's How? No, well, that's why, listen, that's why their relationship is so bad. There's exactly. no, we, we have the worst relationship right now, the leadership uh, with Israel in our country that we've ever had. Correct. Yeah. It's never been that way. So there's just no commonality. And, and that's the problem that the administration of Obama has really had with world leaders around the world. Um, that's why we got no relationship with anybody. Uh, Absolutely. He's Absolutely. making relationships with third world countries and trying to reunite them. I mean, he's really failing on the world stage very badly. But, you know, it is, it, it is a brand and a series of, of uh, a chapter in American politics that will go down in history. What has happened here in the past eight years, I'm telling you, IQ, has been historical. And I've seen it coming. I mean, I knew back in 07 when this guy was campaigning that we were in trouble. And uh, But I didn't think he would get eight years. I will say that to you, you know? <laughs> it shows how stupid the American public was. Well, they really, were, they really were in this particular case. I'm sorry to say that we, what it is is they believed his empty rhetoric of uh, this hope and change business of what he was going to do with the country. and But, you know, if you follow his story from the beginning, IQ, he did talk about transforming the United States, and he has and done he that. did. He He's has transformed yeah, he has. America yeah. into, from a, an exceptional country to a third-rate country. He, he did. Yeah. He, did. he succeeded. Well, you're going to see a lot of rebounding here ahead, I think, as this country transitions again. One thing about America is you look over the last couple of hundred years, whenever we steer off cost, uh, course too far, to the left or the right, it tends to snap back. And I think that's what we're going to see in the next election cycle. That's the beautiful thing about this uh, republic we have here is that, uh, you know, change is uh, in the order. It, we don't, you know, we don't stay with somebody for their whole lifetime like a dictator, you know? I hope you are right, honestly. I hope, I sincerely hope you're right. Because if Trump doesn't win, if that piece of garbage takes over, they have another four years of Obama. I, I don't want to know. I don't want to hear what's happening. I really... Yeah, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Be in yeah. a lot of trouble. Not only you, the whole bloody world would oh, be... Oh, yeah, ever, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, oh, big time. Big time. Are you kidding me? So so really, overall then, the trip to Israel, very good. You spent a couple of weeks out there. You're thinking, like I think, very vibrant, very enthusiastic, beautiful, beautiful people. And again, it's a, it's a melting um, cultural pot of uh, all these fabric of beautiful people living together in harmony. It really is a good image of what the world, I think, should be, IQ. Huh? Correct. I'll tell you what. You have Baha'is, you have Jews, you have Druze, you have Muslims, you have Sunnis, you have Shia. Nobody is allowed to interfere with anybody see, else. See? Nobody. See? So th this proves our point, IQ. This proves your point and my point once and for all that yes, 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 we can do this and we can live together in harmony. Yeah? But you need a rule of law. You need the rule of law. 
at the moment there is no rule of law in Europe. There is no rule of law in America. If you talk about Islam, they put you in prison or yeah, they go against you, both in America and in Europe. Then you're not allowed to talk about Islam. Well, a few we days ago in London, yeah, we'll... in one of the parking spaces in one of the department stores, a Muslim attacked four women with knife. You know what? The news media mentioned it only once. Only once. Wow. wow. Yeah, fascinating. And yeah. they kept it shut. Yeah. But somebody attacked a Muslim for a whole week, maybe two weeks, it'd be in the news media. All right. Well, let me uh, let me pause a second, tell folks again, IQ Al Razuli, again, look him up, America Out Loud, just look under the uh, contributors up there, and you'll see his, uh, he's got some fantastic pieces. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's an excellent author, and uh, because he, he speaks his, he, you know, you hear him, folks, and you hear he speaks his mind, he also writes that way, he writes his mind, you know, we all do as authors and speakers, you know, we with authenticity, we we are who we are, and that's what IQ is. You get what you get with him. Uh, check out his book. You go to Amazon. You can get "Lifting the Veil: The True Faces of Muhammad and Islam." It's a trilogy. You get a whole lot there with what he says. Uh, he's a man who lives the life. He understands it. He's been there. He was born in that part of the world, and he gets it. And keep up with them again on America Out Loud is a good place to do that. So, um, you know, you learned something new today, friends, about uh, Israel. And I think what I get out of it is that a, a renewed faith, a renewed faith that that this is really a, a melting pot of humanity and something to model against it. But we should not take this for granted. And as, as IQ has pointed out, we've got to go to battle both in Europe and in America. The, the West has got to stand up, and they've got to stand up to the uh, tyranny and the uh, disaster of these, uh, uh, these uh, politicians and leaders who have um, really in the process of destroying the Western uh, fabric. And, and you can go right through the leadership in Europe, and you can say the same thing. They would all stand in line with Obama, and uh, you, you'll just have a, a group of failed leaders. That, that's what the world is missing today more than anything, is a lack of leadership. It's a, it's a lack of that that has really hurt the world like before more than ever. My friends, if we didn't have the people of a of a Margaret Thatcher and a you know back to Pope John Paul days and you know Ronald Reagan and the history, we would have never changed history. It, it really does come down to leadership. You know, you think two or three people can't change the whole world? I got news for you. Huh. They can, they have, and they will. Think about that for a moment, right? And and we'll be back. <laughs> 